How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Thanks Bud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. We're back for episode 19. And actually, before we get into it, because I'm a horrible person, and you might have seen me realize this late on Twitter, but it is Diane's birthday. It is um, February 10th, just to be clear, so you know when that happened. So happy birthday to Diane. Yay, and, thank you. <laughs> um, her birthday is the day before Mike Richards, so Diane is my like real-life favorite tiny monster. Yes. Um, I'm the best. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's true. And she actually went skating tonight, which is really cool because I can't, I, I fall down. I'm terrible on skates, but she's awesome because she used to um, be competitive. Uh, yeah. So pro tip to anyone who was a figure skater in their ex-life, if you haven't properly been on skates for 10 years, get back on it because you can still do single jumps, but try a double and you, I will have some awesome bruises tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. But at least it's worth it. At least it's fun. And then I creepily watched some uh, hockey games that were happening right after. Um, I liked that everyone came in wearing Kings gear, lots of Kings sweaters and hats yeah. and, and whatnot um, before they changed into their jerseys. Um, but that was lots of fun. Uh, I was like sitting in a corner because like one, like a couple, one set of bleachers had like all of the friends and family of one team and the other set of bleachers had friends and family from the other team. I don't know any of these people. So I was just like in a different set of bleachers in the corner, like <laughs> live tweeting this and uh, <laughs> taking pictures. So sorry, but you're welcome, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Random stranger. Yeah, random strangers. Game. I was uh, I was cheering them on. Like, I, I knee-jerk response was to cheer when people when people scored, or, like, I clapped. And I was like, I don't know these people. I should be cheering by myself in the corner here. Uh, <laughs> but I just have to applaud. Some good goals. Did you, good goals. Did you um, cheer, cheer for any particular side, or was it just kind of like, everybody's great? Um, I, pretty much everyone is great. I cheered for, um, there were a couple of ladies on the team. Um, nice. on Like, a lady on each team, I think. And so I cheered for them. They didn't get any goals, but... Uh, yeah, but there was there was one guy who saw me and ran or during warm up saw me and like randomly uh, shot a puck at the glass in front of my face. So I decided <laughs> that he was my favorite because um, he seems like a monster. That's and, an attitude. <laughs> um, and then there was someone else who was probably like seven feet tall, and watching him skate was great. It was actually kind of funny. Um, it was like a little giraffe. Wow. <laughs> so there is good. your uh, your daily dose of Central Coast hockey news. Yes. Um, the reason why this podcast is a little bit late is totally my fault. I, as I mentioned on the last podcast, went to New York and then came back completely exhausted. While I was there, uh, part of the reason why I asked about who you cheered for was because I did see that Rangers-Oilers game, and it was amazing to watch an NHL game live and have 
no real investment in who won because I mean I've seen the only other arena I have seen live games in is the Ducks arena and still when I'm there I'm always cheering for the Kings I don't go see Ducks games when they play other people um and it was awesome because it was like every time something good happened for either side it was like oh that was great what a great save what a great shot everybody's doing so well gold stars for everyone it just seems like being happy for the entire 60 minutes and that's awesome yeah who knew (laughs) Instead of just, like, three periods of just, like, sadness and despair and, like, why are the kicks going at goal? Right, um, exactly. Or whatever. So it's nice to be happy for the whole 60 minutes when people do good things. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Kings and wondering why they aren't scoring goals and everything else that frustrates us about them, this week actually ended up being weirdly split this last week before this Olympic break that is now taking place. They had a game against the Blackhawks in which they scored three goals which was cool. It's been a while since we've seen them do that. But then they still lost, even though they played pretty well overall. Like, not perfectly, obviously. They got scored five goals against, but for the most part, not a bad game. And then they played a what sounded like a terrible game. Diane, you're going to have to tell me about this because I didn't actually get to watch it. But the terrible game against the Blue Jackets that they ended up winning in the kingsiest way possible. Um, yeah, it was terrible watching at the beginning. Like, I don't generally start writing recaps um, in the middle of a game because I like to hold out hope sometimes, even though I'm super pessimistic about things. Um, I'm a secret optimist, so I never really start writing anything. But the second that the Jack Johnson goal was scored, which was oh. very soon into, was like two minutes into the to the first period, I was like, oh boy, this is, uh, this is how it's going to be. And uh, I started like getting ready, and then the rest of the first period was garbage. Um, they did not know what puck possession was at all first period no. so then i was just like let me just start writing this now and of course the kings jost me and my sasky hero robin regier <laughs> uh got the game-winning goal in overtime for the kings to break their four-game losing streak i was screaming just like <laughs> in my living room being like i cannot believe this happened why is this happening am i dreaming was, i saw some of Twitter at the end of the first period because I had just gotten back to my hotel and then I turned it all off or whatever because I was like, I need to go to bed. I had to get up for work or whatever. Then I couldn't sleep. So I checked my phone one more time and it was happened to be just like right after the game had ended and I saw everybody freaking out about Robin Regeer and then burst out laughing alone in a hotel room in New York like a crazy person. <laughs> but who would have expected to see that? That was amazing. Honestly, if you can find the Kings Weekly or, like, the post-game, uh, not Kings Weekly, I guess it's just the, the Kings post-game stuff that uh, Sean O'Donnell and Patrick O'Neill does do, um, it is the funniest thing. I, like, I should have taken a drink every time they were, like, and Robin Regeer in, like, the most incredulous tone um, of that he scored the game-winning goal or, like, just being like, nobody expected it. Like, they literally said that. And I was like, all right, guys, like, I know it's Robin Regeer, but seriously, <laughs> you guys might be belaboring the point just a little bit. Everybody's uh, so shocked. It was so, it was so funny. It was hilarious. I'm very happy for him and his big ears. I did watch the highlight videos just of the goals itself, and I liked how you see Slava Voinov skating up to Robin Regeer so excited for him. And then there was like a picture that someone took right after to where he has the cutest smile on his face, uh, just really happy for Regeer. One thing that I, I think I told you, Diane, was that I 
was upset that they didn't get Jeff Carter's reaction face more clearly, (laughs) because I imagine it was probably just like his reaction face for Dwight King's crazy, like, fancy keep away move to get him the pass. I really wish I could, like, just have a set now of things Jeff Carter is surprised by. (laughs) But unfortunately, they dropped the ball a little bit on that one. Thanks for nothing, TV people. I know, seriously, we would be on top of that if we were in charge of uh, the Fox Sports uh, camera people. (laughs) But I just hope that the locker room gave Vergara as much shit as everyone else did. I'm sure they did. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, just being like, where did that... Because, like, uh, his last goal was kind of like a dumb... Like, his last goal against the the Blue Jackets, as everyone has noted, was kind of like a dumb goal. Like, it wasn't a real... Like, like it was a deflection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one was a real Robin Regeer, like, rocket from from the blue line or wherever it was from. That was, yeah. it was like a real goal. <laughs> it wasn't like a fluke. Um, it was really nice. So I am befuddled. One thing that I think kind of got lost, I mean, and that's fine because obviously Robin Regeer scoring a goal, that's a big deal in overtime to win the game. What? Okay. But one thing that got lost a little bit was that his shot was made possible by Mike Richards completing a pass and getting him that puck. What a day. It was Jeff Carter (laughs) to Mike Richards, and he didn't fumble it, and he was able to not whiff on it and pass it to Robin Regeer for a goal. Congratulations, Mike Richards. That's like so many magical things lining up to to make a a King's goal. The post didn't ring, you know? Uh, None of that. So uh, what a special, what a special uh, overtime for all of us. (laughs) Just a great moment. Uh, Yeah, like you said, Jeff Carter passes to Mike Richards and then manages to get back in front of the net, which is something else that I feel like I'm always yelling at them about, like somebody get back in front of the net. And Mike Richards receives a pass. Like you said, he didn't whiff on it. He didn't turn it over. He, you know, made another pass. Robert got that pass, took a shot. Just what? It's like they can play hockey. What a great moment. It's it's nice going into the uh the Olympic break, like the, the three weeks without NHL hockey, to be like, the Kings know how to score a goal, they can make passes. What a day. <laughs> yeah. And on a positive it, note, I like it. Uh, so I'm really happy that they ended with a win. And then that Chicago game, the game against Chicago was a little disheartening, but it was also, like, by the end of it, I was just, like, happy to see them generate some more offense as well. Um, Tyler Toffoli breaking his, like, scoreless streak for, I think it was 16 games. That was awesome. I really, really liked see him, liked seeing him play with Kopitar and uh, Jeff Carter. I liked... His his goal was great, but I think almost more than that, I liked him entering the zone with possession, passing to Jeff, who then passed to uh, uh, Kopitar, and Kopitar scored. Because I also get tired of watching the Kings dump and chase the puck a million times, so anytime a player has possession and manages to set up a play, great job. I'm into it. <laughs> That's true. It's very frustrating watching uh, a dump and chase game. I mean, if that's your strategy, that's fine. But I guess it's seeing so many failed control entries that was bothersome that they had to resort to the dump and chase. Even though the Blue Jackets game didn't come out the way they should have, it seemed, at least from looking at the numbers, because again, I still haven't actually watched the game yet, that they started to clean things up a little bit. And I hope that when they come back from the Olympic break, they um, get back to winning more games. John Rosen from LA Kings Insider posted actually some really interesting numbers about um, players and teams after the Olympic break. And 
which unsurprisingly, most people don't actually go on an upswing when they come back from the Olympics because they've had no rest. But I hope as a team, even though six very important players on the Kings team are coming back and will have played a bunch of games in Sochi, that as a team, some of the depth guys pick it up and whatnot and they win some more. Yeah, while those individual players might not have, I mean, I don't want them to have a downswing because I don't think we can. Uh, no, we can't. We can that. afford that at all. But maybe they'll just uh, stay in the middle. Let's just average it out. The last numbers that they have, obviously, are from 2010. Um, and in between that time, they have won a Stanley Cup. They have kind of gotten their shit together, uh, so to speak. Sort of. Obviously. Sort of. Um, so hopefully it won't be as... Because like some of those numbers were drastic in terms yeah. of uh, before and after. So um, if not um, staying the same or if not getting an upswing, which is doubtful at least having less of a, uh, like, a range from pre-Olympic performance and post-Olympic performance. I hope that it's not bad. Like, I I don't want to get my hopes up too high because it feels like every time I get my hopes up with this team, they find a way to spectacularly just disappoint me for fun, it almost seems like. But I I hope they perform, you know, well. I mean, it's also hard to imagine them getting much worse uh, from what January turned out to be, so... They'll win more games than they did this past month. Fingers crossed. Even though it's been like 14 minutes of recording at this point, we still haven't said it. Here's the King's record. It is (laughs) 31-22-6, which is not amazing, but at least they have accumulated a couple more points. But now that the Olympic break is here. They the Kings have made some roster moves to allow like Martin Jones and Tyler Toffoli both sent back to Manchester as expected to play through this Olympic break because you don't want those guys just sitting around. Interestingly, in order to make room for the two of them, they had to call up JF Berube to the Kings. But since the Kings aren't playing, he is essentially just on vacation, which is fun. I mean, he has started pretty much all the game or almost all the games since Martin Jones left the Monarchs. So I guess he deserves a break, but it is kind of interesting that they chose to give that dude a vacation. Um, I like that his vacation is higher paid than he usually is because it's now like NHL vacation. Right. Um, And I believe it's something like $31,000 he's making for this (laughs) break, which great for him. It infuriates me as a normal person. (laughs) As a mere mortal, it is horrible. I would love to be paid $31,000 to sit around in Southern California and chill. Ugh, worst. Since going back to the Monarchs, Tyler Toffoli has been reunited with Tanner Pearson and Lyndon Vay on a line, and they're excited to play with each other again. And Martin Jones, the first game that they were back for, the Monarchs lost. But in the next game, Martin Jones earned a shutout against the Albany Devils. So that's cool. Go back, you know, start dominating pretty much right away. I like the, uh, it might have been the Royal Half who was just like, and Martin Jones has shut out more NHL teams than he has AHL teams at this point, (laughs) though. True. So that's fantastic. I yeah. I like that. Let's repeat that forever. <laughs> Somebody who kind of got the uh, short end of the stick, or at least like the complete opposite of what Berube got, Colin Frazier put on waivers. I was not really expecting that. I wasn't expecting that either. And I sort of was expecting once, I mean, once we heard about that, I sort of was expecting that he would clear waivers. And clear waivers he did, and is now um, assigned down to Manchester. Yeah. I feel pretty bad. A thing. (laughs) 
I feel kind of bad for him. I was, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised that he cleared waivers this season because he is, he still doesn't have a goal. He has a couple points as a fourth liner. He's just not producing a whole lot. But in general, his numbers historically aren't that bad. Also, he's got plenty of playoff experience. Also has won, you know, been with teams, two teams who've won Stanley Cups. So I was like, somebody will claim him, right? No, nobody did. He is going to Manchester, and we'll see if he stays there. I mean, right now, it allows the Kings to clear out a little more cap space, and everybody was talking about, obviously, the Kings may be acquiring or trading for, I should say, Sam Gagne. Who knows what this means for Colin Frazier? But for now, he will be in Manchester, and I assume playing there, possibly during this Olympic break, and who knows if he will come back to the Kings at any point. That's so strange to me. Because what all that, I mean, this was when, um, if you guys haven't read the article that Jen Scrivens posted on the Royal Half, uh, it was an excellent thing about how sudden and, like, crazy, you know, trades mean for the families and having to suddenly move and whatnot. So, like, Colin Fraser, if he is over in Manchester and then stays in Manchester, like, yeah. he's, got, he's got a fam. So what's going to happen there? Right. Very strange time. I, I'm i curious to see when slash if he plays in Manchester. I assume he will, at least a couple games, if he gets called back up to the Kings or if Lombardi does make some sort of trade once the Kings come back from the Olympic break. I don't know. I have no idea. There were also some minor league trades made um, in the King system. They traded Brandon Cozen for Andrew Krasinski? Krasinski? I don't know, whatever. From the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was a prospect of theirs. And um, Robert Zarnick. They traded him for Steve Quayler from the Montreal Canadiens, who, uh, as a friend of ours pointed out on Twitter, obviously should be called Quailman. Obviously. Obviously. I don't know if he is, though, but still. So they've moved some contracts around to clear up more and more cap space. Everybody knows that eventually Dean Lombardi is going to make a move. The things that have been talked about are Sam Gagne or uh, McDonald from the Islanders. Nothing has happened so far. I'm assuming Colin Frazier getting waived is a part of that, but I'm very curious to see how it all shakes out. Um, I'm very curious about that as well, but I'd like to dial back to the Quailer thing for a moment. Sure. Doug is a thing of our generation. Do younger mm-hmm. people know about Quailman? They better. What? I hope so. Because I was just thinking about that. I was like, of course, they better be calling him Quailman. Why wouldn't they? And then I'm like, wait, I'm no longer at that point where I'm uh, younger than a lot of athletes. <laughs> and things like that. Because, like, when you're younger, like, you still follow all of these things. and But everyone's, like, this mythical older, you know, person. And now, ugh, now I'm that, it's my birthday, so now I'm that older person. And uh, I'm like, do they know? I, feel like, forget when Doug aired or, like, how often it was, it had, like, reruns or anything like that. Do people know who Quailman is that are, like, think... prospects or, uh, or rookies or things like that? I think some of them do. I only say this because I actually have mostly younger siblings. And I think my sister who was born in like 93 would know. I'm not sure about my siblings born after her. But I think my sibling who was born in 1993 and all my other siblings between her and myself would know who about Doug or whatever. We watch lots of reruns. So I think, yeah, but it does get dicey. (laughs) But like what year are people being born in now for the draft? 95? 
96. Oh, gosh. Let's, oh, Something never like mind. That. Take it back. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Something this is horrible. terrible. I hate that people <laughs> are born in the mid-90s and can walk and talk. Oh, yeah. That's weird to yeah, me. Yeah, my sister was born in, I have a sister who was born in 96. So I think, yeah, around there. I think she turns 18 this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sister. I don't know how old you are. I think I think it's 18. I know she's graduating high school, so I think she's turning 18. Yeah, so I hope everyone knows who Quail Man is. Yep. I hope that they're all, like, in tune with pop culture. And if you know a younger person who does not know who Quail Man is, you gotta tell them, because they need to call Steve Quail or Quail Man, <laughs> if only educate, for that reason. <laughs> educate them immediately. So yeah, that's what's been going on with the Kings. A little bit of movement. Everybody looking forward to this Olympic break and seeing how the Kings who are in the Olympics do trying to speculate about what will happen with the Kings when they come back. I mostly felt so much relief after that Blue Jackets game ended because I was like, I cannot scream at this team in the comfort of my home for a while. And that's pretty cool. Even though I miss them. I like watching them play, even when they infuriate me. But it's nice not to be sad for a while. I was just glad that they're not cursed. Yeah, That's true. what I was just, like, assumed that they're cursed or something like that. So glad to know that they can score more than, more than one goal and uh, win games and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think them winning that Blue Jackets game, too, means that they didn't actually go three times losing five games in a row this season. Yeah, that's... So that's pretty good. I was hoping that that wouldn't happen. They, that's not a hat-trick that anyone needs. <laughs> that's the worst hat-trick, <laughs> Now, everybody, moving on to the Olympics, I am very excited about the Olympics, which I, I knew already, but now that the NHL players have all made it to Sochi and are practicing, it's so exciting. I, I watched, prior to them making it over to Russia, I watched... The women's games that have started, a little bit of them. I, I just like watching hockey, and I'm very excited about all the players who are rushing out. Yeah, absolutely. I have. I, I remember falling asleep to that game, I'll be honest, because it's on at a, an obnoxious hour and I have to work the next day. But, right. I, yeah, it's fun. It, it's fun seeing how fast it is mm-hmm. because of the bigger ice. And that's, I don't know, it's great. I'm excited. And I've been excited. I liked. I liked that they like dominated that game too. That first, uh, the first game, where they right, went three yeah. one. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Hillary Knight, Team USA scores fifty three seconds into this game against Finland, and it was the play. She didn't get a point for it, but the play was basically got started because of Amanda Kessel. And at this point, I'm like, Hillary Knight plays left wing, right? Why can't she just play for the Kings? Why is the world preventing me from having this? Because I want it real bad. <laughs> I would Knight buy every single Kings. piece of player apparel or like memorabilia if she That were would be so great. Every, every single one. <sighs> yeah, I think that's what, like my takeaway so far from watching the women's games and, you know, seeing the men start to practice is... It really makes me sad that the NHL is not integrated in that way because I would love to see some of those women on teams with these dudes. They are awesome. And if I had my pick right now, I would take Hillary Knight. I know like Amanda Kessel is amazing and like the big star, but I feel like for the Kings, Hillary Knight could fit in with the system. Oh, the dream. Yes. But also, as we mentioned, all of the NHL players are now in Sochi and have started to practice. And I am excited. I was so excited this morning because Kings players, as they always do and should forever, already have managed to aggravate people. 
And that is beautiful to me. I love it. Um, so many I, people. So many people are upset. I read all of the stuff about Jeff Carter. Just like not. Yes. I mean, there was already all of the, the fuss about him not belonging on the Canadian team. And oh, the fuss that was made that he was on the top line with Sidney Crosby and Chris Kunitz. Oh, uh, yeah. So many people angry and upset on Twitter and 140 characters. It was great. Props to Jules from The Crown because they wrote a piece pretty much right after it was confirmed that Stamkos would not be going to Sochi, saying that, hey, does this mean Jeff Carter is going to be on top line? as Sidney Crosby's right wing. And they mentioned some other people who it could be, but it seemed like Jeff Carter had a really great shot, and then they were right, and so far he is, and that's so great. I'm not actually rooting for Canada, as we have talked about before, and like neither of us are rooting for Canada, but if Canada does well, and, and they will, obviously, they have like a ridiculously deep team, I need, I will be excited for Jeff Carter to succeed and anger so many people. Oh, I need Jeff Carter to score so many goals. Not enough to beat the United States, but so many Mm -hmm. goals and to get fourth place for the for the Canadians. Um, (laughs) To do individually well uh, for but for the rest of the team to be garbage. Um, Just to to shut up all of the the other people that hated him being on the team, being on the top line. But I love what Mike Babcock said. Who was just like, you know, if Sydney passes him the puck, he better fucking shoot that thing. Not yeah. in so many words, um, <laughs> right, but right. he said that, and he's like, if he passes it back to Sid, you know, he's not going to play on that mm-hmm. one. Like, he doesn't get to play. Yeah. Jeff Carter is there to shoot the puck and score goals, and I'm very excited for him to do that as Sidney Crosby's right hand. They have played together. I believe they played in a World Juniors tournament together, so they are a little bit familiar with each other. And they did. They, they won played... gold in 2005. Right. Yes. And they played against each other a lot, obviously, when Jeff Carter was on the Flyers. But now, teammates again for Canada, Jeff Carter. So he's had, I'm really excited for him because even though like people have complained about it, I think Kings fans know he has had an amazing couple of years in Los Angeles. And so I look forward to him taking that to this other stage, so to speak, and also pissing people off in the process because I love that. That's my fave. But someone else who is also causing a ruckus among the hockey community, as always, uh, he doesn't have to be in the Olympics to do so. He does it every day just by being <laughs> him. And that person is Dustin Brown. Yes, Dustin Brown. Um, oh. Mostly people being upset that he is on the top line. Yeah. Um, the US, USA has a top line of Brown, Kessler, and Kane. Yes. So... People are furious that Brown is on the same line as Kane because they want a good player, a better player, right. to be on a line with Kane. And I'm like, well, Dustin Brown's a pretty great possession player, so how do you expect Patrick Kane to get the puck if, uh, you know, like, how would how would Brown not be a good fit there? Come on. Also, the three of them played together in 2010, so they're already familiar with each other. That great picture of them just, like, going in for the hug after a goal is great. I just want to staple that to everyone's faces who are who's complaining i love it also i don't know if i ever actually said it on the podcast but i have said it to plenty of my friends that my dream my dream for how team usa wins the gold if they could do that is jonathan quick consmith winner 2012 makes a save then it gets 
maybe maybe it touches like it goes directly to Patrick Kane so that Quickie can get an assist that would be beautiful or maybe it goes to Dustin Brown I don't know the point is at some point it ends up on Patrick Kane's stick but he can't really like score the gold medal winning goal as the other American Consmith winner without Dustin Brown clearing the path for him in some way or maybe even passing to him and then gold and everybody has to accept the fact that Dustin Brown was integral to Team USA winning this gold medal (laughs) That would be so beautiful to me. So Jonathan Quake can just clear the puck across the ice. Uh, right, Dustin yeah. Brown can get it, uh, go hard to the net, maybe shoot, and then Patrick Kane is there for the rebound to yeah. Yeah, bury work. it behind. I like it. Whatever dumb Canadian is in goal. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and then everyone cries and is happy, um, and everyone hugs. Yes. Gold for Team USA. That would be so great. I have imagined so many, like, fantastic game-winning goal moments for Team USA already that it's, like, it's gross. (laughs) 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 I'm so incredibly, like, Team USA right now. It is for for every sport. Um, It's kind of crazy. I'm really very excited. I am a little conflicted, obviously, because I want to see all of the Kings players do well. But, um... I would also like for Team USA to win the gold this time. But also, my other thing still, too, is I would love it, as I said last podcast, if Andre Kobajar was the only any, only NHL player with a gold medal. That would be great as well. So many possibilities. As long as Canada doesn't win the gold, it's a great day for me. That's actually really true. <laughs> as long as... I mean, we don't mean for this to be a, a Canada-worst podcast, but the Olympics brings it out in us. Um, as long as Canada doesn't get golds, it's pretty all right. I also... I'm, I just also am weirdly... And I feel like it's weird because I'm from Chicago and like I grew up watching basketball and was there during the Bulls like two, you know, three peats. But I, in general, I'm kind of not really into team like champions repeating. So I have no interest in Canada repeating. I would like to see another country take it is also a thing is part of it for me. Otherwise, I'd be like, fine, there are plenty of people on the Canadian team that I like, but I want to see somebody else win. I like change. I would like for the Star Spangled Banner to be played. In Russia, while USA has gold and everyone weeps. Um, a little bit of, not quite drama, but I guess coach Dan Bilesma still is not saying who the starting goaltender will be for Team USA. He has picked the starting goaltender, but has not said who it will be. Mark Lazarus tweeted out that Ryan Miller, for whatever it was worth, talked to press and Jonathan Quick didn't. But then he followed it up with saying, for whatever it's worth, that's actually not worth much. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, a lot of people are expecting it to be Jonathan Quick, and then if Jonathan Quick just totally bombs, bringing in Ryan Miller, who has done it before and is his great numbers so far this season, playing behind a terrible team. David Poyle, interestingly, although also not totally surprising because everybody heard about his injury, but because he was hit in the face with a puck, is still under medical observation and is not going to Sochi. Ray Shiro is there acting as the GM for Team USA. So uh, some a little bit of a shakeup for Team USA already. I feel real bad for him. <laughs> yeah, that sucks to let, like have put in all this work and then not be able to go. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about about how I want Canada to lose because I had forgotten about it when we were talking about it before is that their uh, slogan or their commercial or what have you is hashtag We Are Winter. <laughs> 
Why? <laughs> Just oh. like, why? <laughs> I didn't even know that they had a slogan. Does Team USA have one? I have no idea, but the uh, Team Canada has a, a commercial. Mm. Um, and then that's what it ends with is, is hashtag we are winter. And that's their whole, their whole, uh, campaign. And they call it the largest brand undertaking in its history, the Canadian Olympic committee. So that's a thing. Um, I guess they had like announced it before, but I never really paid attention to it. Um, but now that I've actually seen the commercial, it's ridiculous. That's so weird. Like, it's the largest brand undertaking, and that was the best they could come up with. Come on. <laughs> Apparently. I have no idea. Wow. That's so funny and cheesy. And I'm sure if America, if the U.S., I should say, does have a slogan, it's just as ridiculous. I'm trying to look it up now. Because Me too. Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> One slogan that I am rooting for, I mean, we already talked about how you'd like for Andre Kopitar to be the only person... Uh, or only NHLR to have an Olympic gold medal this year. Uh, the Slovenian motto, slogan, uh, I well, I feel Slovenia, but it's like the oh, love. Yeah. You know, I like it. I dig I that. I like that. I, I do really like that. That's really clever and cute to me. I'm down with it. I appreciate that uh, Team USA's is apparently just hashtag go Team USA. Yeah. All right. One thing I do see, they have this like early morning risers hashtag for people just basically to show that they will be waking up at those ridiculous hours to watch Team USA play. And they were asking for suggestions and they say, we want to unite all you early risers under one patriotic morning hashtag. Our best idea so far is hashtag Dawn's early light. But if you have a better idea, they encourage people to submit it. This was posted today. So they don't have a hashtag yet, Team USA, and hopefully, I guess they're going to get one soon, and hopefully it's better than We Are Winter. Um, I so. like Dawn's Early Light because that is patriotic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm sure Team USA's hashtag is coming whenever they make it official. That's fantastic. I don't. They don't say when they're going to pick one, but, but it's coming. It's coming. And I'm sure if it's terrible, we'll make great fun of it. But if it's better than We Are Winter, I'm going to brag about it endlessly. Um, yeah, but because so far, guess what? You're, no one is a season. <laughs> yeah. Unless this is some sort of, like, m- mythology and someone is embodying the spirit of fall or summer. <laughs> um, or this is the movie 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> And right. people are named after uh, seasons, then fine. But those are, are cinematic fictions, and you can't don't be a, don't be a season. That's silly. It's just it's just funny to me too because I have definitely spent the last few days after going to New York and spending some time in a more real winter. Uh, telling people that, like, one of the things that always makes me laugh is when people who live in or are from much, much colder climates are, like, make fun of Southern California for being warmer and people who live here not having, like, having no idea how to deal with real cold. And I'm like, don't brag to me about your terrible weather as if you really love being there. Nobody likes being in below zero weather. You're a liar if you say that. Yeah. You are so jealous of yeah, my nice Yeah, hey, weather. guess what? I don't know how to grade winter coats on, like, warmth. <laughs> right? I don't know how to put, like, sn- like, snow chains on tires. I, someone gave me a thing, I, I got it uh, at Sundance, and I was like, I don't know what this is, and they're like, oh, it's an ice scraper, and I was like, for what? 
Apparently, you scrape <laughs> I, scrape ice off a windshield. I don't know because I was born yeah. and away, raised in Southern California. So, <laughs> I'm fine with not having those skills. Yeah, I obviously, as I mentioned even earlier on this podcast, not born in Southern California, from Chicago. So, know all about setting in a car, sitting in a car, waiting for it to like melt enough around it and chiseling ice off the windshield so you can go anywhere. And guess what? That sucked. So I'm not going to pretend that I am hashtag part of We Are Winter because I never want to be in winter again. Can I be like, hey, I'm going to make fun of you for not knowing what it's like to sit around in a bathing suit in early February (laughs) because that's what I did a couple of days ago. And it was (laughs) swell. So... Even though, whatever, there are plenty of places in the U.S., obviously, that have really horrible winter, but I'm sure that the U.S. will not make that a huge part of its, like, national identity represented in a hashtag for the Olympics, I hope. They're defining their Um, country for having shitty weather. That's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag we are miserable. (laughs) Hashtag save us. (laughs) Probably we're going to make fun of Canada a lot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's just going to be is, our vibe. This is bringing out new levels of Canada bashing that I didn't know I was going to go through. <laughs> it's kind of like me whenever I go to Anaheim and, like, knee-jerk can't help talk crap about Anaheim. It's just part of who I am. I'm sorry. The best part of us going to a Ducks game was the time that we went to go see the... Not, not even the rookies, the... The baby ducks, <laughs> baby ducks and baby oh. kings play, and we ran into Bruce Boudreau. It's the only yeah. good thing that happens at the Honda Center. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bruce Boudreau. He's just as round in real life. I know. He's such a strange <laughs> shape, and I love it. All right. This is obviously going off in a direction of shenanigans and hilarity. So, I don't know. Is there anything else that we really want to say about the Olympics or about the kings? Um, The kings are great, and I love the kings. Um. That's pretty much it right now. I'm very excited for the Olympics. I looked at the times. I am not going to watch any of these things live, which is mighty unfortunate. Because it's like it's all like 4.30 in the morning. It's like, do I stay up? Do I wake up early? I don't want to do either of those things. They, yeah, they both sound horrible. Sleeping sounds so great. So like, do I take a nap? Like, or something yeah. like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how I would be able to do this. If- I really do wish that I could have figured out where to buy, like, a Team Slovenia hat that I could have worn to bed. That way, I'm cheering even as I'm dreaming. And I would have had a cover. But no, now I have nothing. I just will sleep comfortably and not feel bad about it at all. I tried to find, <laughs> I tried to find a place to buy it, uh, because you were talking about it. But then everywhere I looked, it was all in Slovenia. And so I was just like, I, I was right, on yeah. my phone, so I couldn't translate anything. I was like, I don't know what this link leads to. I don't know if this is a store. How do I get this? And also, I feel like they might not ship it to the United States. I know. Help me, Gaspar Kopitar. I need or a hat. Someone, if someone's a knitter, a very fast oh, knitter, and yeah. can knit, I cannot knit for the. I've never tried knitting, so I'd actually have no Me idea either. if I can knit or crochet or whatever it is. Yeah, I've never and done can it. knit a Slovenian hat for Chanel here. Yeah. We would buy you a beer, buy you two beers, totally. Um, at the Staples Center, so that's for it. crazy. I just wanted to be in the right colors and have that, I feel, Slovenia with a capital L-O-V-E. That's all I want. Maybe after the Olympics. I'll, be, I'll take it whenever. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> My birthday is in August, since we're talking about birthdays. <laughs> that's plenty of time. 
if anybody wants to do something nice for me. Because if there's any time that you need a hat in California. <laughs> it's in the middle of August. <laughs> middle of August. <laughs> hey, whatever. Just in time for us to go to Las Vegas to go to Frozen Fury. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, I'm excited for that, too. I was thinking about it the other day because I got a, an email from MGM and I was like, yes, let's do it. All right, guys. I think that's pretty much it. Um, one thing I want to mention really quickly if you do want to stay on top of what's going on with hockey during the Olympics, there is a really cool website made by a college student um, called hockeyinsochi.com. It's got both information on the men's teams and the women's teams. Check it out. Pretty cool. And otherwise, I guess we'll catch you on Twitter or whatnot. I don't know if we'll do a podcast next week. We might. We might not. Otherwise, we'll catch you the week after. And uh, enjoy the games. Bye, everyone. Later. USA, USA. Yeah. Had to add that I feel Slovenia. <laughs> it's Slovenia. <laughs> everyone but Canada. Everyone but Canada. I don't know if that chant's yeah. going to take off, but it's got a lot of right. syllables, but I like it. it. <laughs> All right, guys. Later. Bye.